Hi guys, I just want to let you know that this is a little bit of a long intro on this one, so uh, I always like it when podcasts give me the option of skipping directly to the subject material, especially if you haven't listened to us before. So uh, if you want to go straight to it, I would go to about seven minutes in. If you enjoy small talk about uh, weddings and uh, possibly some cats, then listen to the intro. Bye-bye. Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. And I am Hope. Uh, And today we are going to be talking about cannabis and more specifically medical marijuana. But before we get to that, I want to congratulate Mrs. Hope Collins, uh, who who got married over, uh, not Easter, but the day before Easter. So congrats, Hope. Thank you. Easter Eve wedding. Um, Yes. So I, so you guys will hear the Easter episode with my mom eventually, but it's, I'm putting it, well, I, I will have already put it up by the time this goes out. Okay. Yeah. So, so the last that episode, is, we recorded that on a Sunday. I got married on that Saturday. So that was about the start of whenever I just didn't have an appetite anymore and I wasn't eating and I didn't feel stressed, but like, I also couldn't make any decisions and I was like. I didn't have an appetite. I didn't want pasta. And I was like, maybe I'm a little stressed. And like the day of it was fine. It was just like everything happened one right after the other. And I was like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. And this is happening. And now I'm getting married. Okay. (laughs) And uh, Griffin cried a lot. (laughs) He did a lot of crying. And I didn't cry nearly at all. I was I, I, I gloated so much about how I said that he would cry, cry like at the get go, and he did. He was crying when the first couple came down from our yeah. like bridal <laughs> and groom's party, and Katie, my best friend, was like, "Oh no, he' about to be a mess," and he was. And Faith was Faith and Grace were also a mess. The dads were a mess. Oh my Everybody god, your dad was oh he was so cute. He cause he like he would start crying and like lean forward. Um I actually um I, I don't know if he uh ended up realizing this, but that reassuring hand pat on his back was actually me. It wasn't Rebecca. Um oh. <laughs> it was behind him. But but yeah, like he just like, he was so overcome with emotion, especially when Griffin's dad made a speech. And um just so our listeners know, this wedding was like full of writers. The the two yeah. dads are both writers, and there was yeah, there was some public speaking, and uh, and also the two dads are very, uh, they're bros, and so yeah. it just, yeah. One dad gave I, a really nice tribute to the other dad while also hey, giving hey. a tribute to Hope and Griffin, and it was beautiful. I would not recommend. It was a lot of emotion. Faith <laughs> and Grace are square face crying throughout the whole ceremony. Like, when you watch the video, it's just, Faith looks like this the whole time. She's like, ooh, ooh. And when I come down the That's aisle, That's excellent face- po- uh, podcast content there. <laughs> just imagine like, like this. everything in her face just got squished down. She was crying so hard. And Faith and Griffin both started square face crying at the same time whenever I came down the aisle. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember walking down the aisle. I remember like getting, like coming in, seeing Griffin and saying, oh, buddy. And then I was at the altar. I don't remember walking down. I don't remember that. And then I got up there and I couldn't stop shaking. And I couldn't stop talking. I kept like 
put little quips in there because I was nervous. Yeah, you were definitely hamming it up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. Yeah, and then we had a really nice party afterwards. Then the next morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. And we went to brunch at my in-laws, which was really nice. And then we just kind of hung out in Pittsburgh for two or so days. And then we drove home. And then Griffin was home for like a week, I guess. Yeah, must have been. And then he left on Tuesday or Sunday to go a week ago to go back to his job. So people are like, how's married life? I'm like, it's great. I'm just by myself. <laughs> it's great. I'm all alone. But yeah, I have health so, insurance. <laughs> yeah, I do. It came in the mail this week and I was like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I've been trying to cultivate uh, by myself hobbies, which I'm not very good at as it turns out, but I went and got a bunch of, I planted a bunch of herbs. These are the only hobbies I'm good at. Yes. <laughs> so, I went to our local garden place and I got some rosemary and I got some Greek mountain oregano and I got I planted a cilantro planter that hangs upside down because I upcycled Ooh. a coffee can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you snapped me that I think. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I'm trying to get into composting. And then I'm also thinking I went to school for creative writing, so I'm like, you know what? You always talk about how you don't have time getting all these writing projects that you have ideas for so guess what we're gonna do now yeah you have time we have time so now's the time so and then i'm just trying to get the cats to get along still so that's what i'm up to with Mary. oh what a struggle our our cats get along so well I'm so i feel jealous. bad for you guys yeah i i really think it's just it all comes from the older one and like our, we just happened to have like the first kitten we got was one who's really really good with other cats it turns out um because she's yeah she, she's everybody's best friend as long as we don't go to a place where there are lots of other cats and dogs <laughs> um, she yeah they, they like we've had our cat now our our other cat that we got um because we had we had a cat pass away um and so so we got another cat because you know the spot is there so we should always uh you know, keep that spot filled with a cat. Uh, so then it's another cat that doesn't have to be in a shelter and gets a home. Um, so he's been with us for like a month, Horatio, and they are best fucking friends. Like they're inseparable. They they like to cuddle. They love to play. Like they're, oh God, it's so cute. So anyway, hey, I, we've, I'm we've like Luna. just realizing how lucky we are. We've had Luna. So we got her four months old in November and they still can't hang out together and i'm trying so hard but toph is just like not interested in having a little friend and i'm like we got her for you so you would leave us alone a little bit (laughs) like in uh, anyway we could talk about cat training in another anyway um but yeah so we digress so yeah so now let's talk about weed yeah not a good segue (laughs) <laughs> so um so today we are going to primarily focus on the case to be made for cannabis as a medicine because i think that that is one of the most compelling arguments to legalize it uh at least medically if not uh recreationally as well because it, it can be very good for people who don't need it all the time you know and so recreational is kind of nice for that so you don't have to go get your certification on all of it but 
But primarily, I'm going to focus on medical marijuana in this episode because, because as I said, I think it's the best argument for why it should be legalized uh, because it does so much good. So, mm-hmm. yes, this is something I'm very passionate about, and this is going to be an introductory episode uh, that focuses on the medical side of things. The next one is going to be a more sciencey episode, which focuses on how the drug actually works within your body. Uh, And then later on, we will have an episode that just solely is addressing the racism involved in the history of marijuana, um, because there is a lot of it. (laughs) Um, It's, oh my God, when we get to the 1937 Marijuana Tax Act, I mean, hold on to your butts, guys. Is that a Uh, hot mad episode? It's it's a hot mad episode. It is such a hot mad episode. So yeah, but but that'll be a couple episodes away. Um, And then, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, and then... After that, uh, we can also touch on economic impacts, um, both, you know, what has happened, what could happen, um, potential for uh, economic growth with marijuana. um, And of course, you know, talk about the realities of what letting past marijuana convictions go would actually mean. Um, Yeah, that's it's hard for me to actually quantify what I was thinking of, because I haven't actually gotten all of the episodes planned out yet. I've only done the first two. So Ah. anyway, but that that's the major thing. So it's probably going to be about five episodes. They're not all going to be at once because that would inundate everyone with like for a month and a half with just uh, marijuana stuff on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So well, so I'll release like the first two and then the other one ones will be scattered in there. Uh, But this is something that's topical. So I thought it would be a good thing to talk about. All right. Um, just anecdotally, why do you care so much about medical marijuana? Ooh, really? Good question. Um, so the reason I care so much about marijuana um, and something that I like at first, I was like not as open about. And then I realized that if, if I want the laws to get better, then people have to talk about it. Um, but I, I use medical marijuana for depression, anxiety um, and insomnia. Um, are primarily <laughs> the things that, that that I use it for, and they're some. Sometimes they cause the same stuff to happen. Sometimes they cause different stuff to happen. But I find that it really helps. Uh, it really helps with my moods, and it really helps with me being able to sleep and being able to calm down in certain times when I haven't been able to before. And just in general, I think that it has. It has really positive effects that make me just nicer to be around, I think, <laughs> honestly. Like, yeah. that's it's a better quality of life for me and the people around me. I definitely, so. I'm going to speak here as your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just it's tell okay. you because I've known you for a long time. We basically lived together for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, there was a point where it was like, and this is always how it happens, I think. It's like right before you started to go to a therapist and before yeah. you got on antidepressants and before we, you know, you discovered um, medical marijuana. It was like you were struggling yep. pretty bad. You were in a bad place. And it was like, there was only so much all of us could do who were close to you. And I was like, I don't know. You should go talk to somebody. Cause I'm, I'm out. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and that's usually the point where people go. Cause the people around them are like, I, I have nothing left. I don't know what else I can do for you. Remember that 50 now. times I told you to go see a therapist. Um, <laughs> So how about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you did. Which is really great. And the thing did, about going yeah. to a therapist is there's going to a therapist and then there's putting in work at therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think you did the latter, which is really good. But there was definitely a marked difference after you started therapy and then after you got put on 
the correct antidepressant it was like mm -hmm. you just like became yourself again it's it's and different then, levels i think that just helped me get back to the person i wanted to be right and then the, yeah. the medical marijuana part of that was just what i really liked about it what kind of what you showed me about it was there was ways that you could get it where it didn't have to be you smoking it because you mm -hmm. would make little gummy edibles yeah. <laughs> and eat those before you go to bed. And you would make tea and like a you bunch of it in sugar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but like all it was really good to see like the Zoloft and the weed and the therapy all working in like a, an, a vortex of good. <laughs> it's oh, this will come up later. I think it, it, it's it, it's similar to the entourage effect, which we'll talk about when we talk about uh, okay. THC and CBD. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that definitely mental health. Uh, and, and I do want to be very clear when I say that, uh, because I will make the argument later that marijuana is good for uh, some people's mental health. Uh, I do want to use that with the caveat that it's not always good for everyone and you have to be careful how to use it and all of that. Um, but it did really help me. <laughs> yes. So it does not work well in everybody as it turned out. Okay. So uh, I also do want to put out there uh, that cannabis research is pretty lacking, but that is not a reason that it shouldn't be legalized. It actually, the reason that research is lacking is because of the legal status of the drug um, and because there aren't e exemptions made for people to study it. So it's very hard to study something that you can't legally get. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, the only people who could study it are people who, in, especially in medical only states, um, such as Pennsylvania, where I live, the only people who'd be allowed to get marijuana in the first place are people who uh, have some kind of qualifying condition. So uh, there are a lot of roadblocks in place of uh, research. Um, so there's a lot of lack of funding and just inability to get any kind of research off the ground. So please don't at me by saying like, oh, we just don't know. Like it, there's a lot of things we do know and they tend to trend in a promising direction. Mm -hmm. um, so let's get into it. Uh, it would take a really long time to go over all of the ailments that medical marijuana is good for because uh, just like they say in Knocked Up, it really is like, you know, the best medicine. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Nothing is that black and white. Uh, but weed is good for a lot of stuff. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about just a few of the illnesses that can be treated with cannabis or can you, that can be um, have their symptoms helped with cannabis. Sorry, what was that? Can you say some that are like obvious and then maybe some that people might not think of? Yeah, well, and I have like kind of like the top, I think it's like four maybe that I want to go over. Uh, okay. But then I can also breeze through some other ones as well. Um, I, I did want to start with cancer <laughs> because that is the one lots of people hear about it. Um, oh, Jesus. Okay, so I, I will... I will say here, I got really hot mad about this the other day because uh, in in any kind of political debate situation um, that's something that's a hot button issue I do want to get both sides I want to find out you know what you know obviously I know what people like me on the much more liberal and progressive side say about uh, medical marijuana about recreational marijuana etc uh, and I by the way I'm going to be using marijuana cannabis weed pot etc all of that interchangeably um, so that's what all that means 
Uh, but anyway, uh, so I was looking to see what the actual like the conservative viewpoint towards legalizing marijuana was. And and I know that the viewpoint generally is, you know, no, don't do it. But I was trying to figure out what exactly their arguments are. And the arguments are generally moral, um, which isn't a really good way to go in a country that has such issues with separation of church and state. Uh, so putting your morality on someone else doesn't work very well. And then there are other, there are other issues do tend to be like, oh, we haven't proved that it does whatever it does, which is again, back to a lack of research uh, because we do have the potential for these things to happen. Uh, and my favorite by far was a conservative pundit who he has a YouTube show and I'm not going to justify his opinions by giving the name of it but uh basically he at, at the same time says he doesn't care about the issue while also campaigning against it uh and then when you ask him why he's just like i just don't buy that it cures cancer like that's the reason and i remember when he said it cured cancer i know exactly i remember listening to that it's like dude you just you're not even listening to what is actually being said by people who know you know, you, you might be reading a headline that's boiled down. That's what a journalist heard from someone else in a game of telephone, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, because people do sensationalize. But when you get down to what scientists and medical professionals who uh, who are in favor of cannabis use and you look at what they say, uh, like, A, they're not saying that it cures cancer. <laughs> and B, it doesn't fucking matter if you buy it or not. It It literally doesn't matter. Like, so you cannot believe that that's fine. But if you're going to like, cause he was also getting mad that um, this is weird, but I was on the same side of, as Joe Rogan in this debate. Um, but he was getting, he was on Joe Rogan's show and he was getting like mad at the fact that they were like attacking him on it, but he had attacked other people on it before. So like, whatever. Um, but <laughs> like, he's getting mad about it. And they're like, well, you've taken a stance on this. Like you can't take a stance and like give bullshit and no reason and then get mad at people who react to that. So with that, anyway, but I've seen a lot of conservatism that. that that they're basically like, well, it's bad. And that's why it's illegal. Okay, well, but why is it bad? Well, it's illegal it wouldn't be bad if it was, you know, like it wouldn't be illegal if uh, it wasn't bad. Okay, well, what if we made it legal, then would it be good? Well, no, it's bad because it's illegal. Like it's this whole circular logic thing <laughs> where one well, doesn't actually feed into the other. Legal? <laughs> And now we generally agree that wasn't a great thing. That should have been legal. There's lots of stuff that is legal and illegal that is wrong. Okay, so detractors would have you thinking that all cannabis advocates are saying that weed cures cancer. Uh, but in general, that's like just not the case. Uh, a study conducted on mice and published it. So it's mice. It's it's not humans. Okay, so we, we understand <laughs> that this is a building block. This isn't. You know, we're not saying it's been proven in humans, okay? A study conducted on mice and published in the Journal of Surgical Research has shown that THC and CBD administered together can shrink cancerous tumors. Uh, it should oh. be noted. It, yeah, exactly. So they can shrink tumors, which like that, it no, that doesn't cure cancer, but it helps it become more manageable. And in some situations, it might help inoperable tumors become operable. Of course, before we get into that, like, because we don't need to get ahead of ourselves here, before we get into that, we need to be able to do the research. Um, but that is a situation where you have such potential for that. And there have been like anecdotal cases in humans as well, but they don't have enough research to actually be able to lean on this and say, yes, it does this. They can only say it might.
Um, mm -hmm. So, and it might be linked to certain strains or terpenes or cannabinoids. We just have to figure out what those are and isolate them so that we can give them in higher doses to people who need them. Uh, so, and that's one thing that uh, legalization of marijuana, like at least for medical purposes at a federal level would be really, really useful um, in combating cancer. So, so there's that. Uh, it should be noted here that they weren't necessarily doing, uh, so the CBD and THC together, they weren't necessarily doing a better job of shrinking tumors as the pharmaceutical drugs that were designed to do that, but they also didn't have the same kind of side effects that the pharmaceutical drugs had. So, and also marijuana can treat a lot of the side effects that those drugs have. So used in conjunction, they would actually be really good. Um, so, so the ironic thing about when you look, especially at something like cancer or HIV or one of these really very serious terminal illnesses, or generally terminal il illnesses, I would say, uh, is that really cannabis isn't necessarily going to replace the drugs that are there. It's just going to make the situation work better, mm. I suppose, because a lot of what cannabis is e being used for in this uh, a lot of what cannabis is being used for, especially in really serious illness, is mitigating symptoms so that the person can have a good quality of life. And for some people, that means they may or may not be able to actually continue their treatments. So uh, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, they, they also did notice in this study that the mice who had the THC and CBD and this is mice, so obviously I'm not sure how they're judging this, but they seemed happier and more relaxed and had a better all, overall quality of life. It sounds like marijuana would act like grease on the wheels, almost. Like, the wheels will work, but if you put the grease on it, it's going to work just a little bit better. Honestly, yes. And that's how it works in a lot of the cases where it's prescribed, really. Like, that it's easier for people to go through these chemotherapy treatments that make them sick if they have a drug that's anti-nausea, you know, and it's also easier for them to gain weight when they don't have any appetite because of the chemo uh, if they're using an appetite. Uh, so actually there's different strains of marijuana can do different things. Not all of them stimulate your appetite. So they'd have Ooh. to figure out which ones do. Some of them yeah. actually suppress it, which is interesting. Uh, not many of them, <laughs> but some of them do. I also, I just don't understand why if this is proven, like from the patient saying like this works and this makes me feel better while I'm going through cancer treatment, why wouldn't you want that to be a thing for people who have cancer? Like bureaucracy. Agreed upon things in our society is like cancer is bad and we should be Oh yeah. Empathetic to those people because they're going through shit. Like the worst of it. Yeah, but see, you're you're making the uh, the leap that any politicians or lawmakers are actually thinking about people's well-being and not, you know, w what money they're going to get from what companies, etc. And as far as I know, big marijuana doesn't really have its hand in the pockets of any senators yet. So <laughs> it's going to take a while for that to happen. Um, and, and of course, oh, oh, and I did see it pointed out like, you know, oh, oh, it's ridiculous to think that big pharma would uh, really wants marijuana to not be legalized because they could benefit from it because after all they're drug companies, you know, and I was like, okay, right. yes, but they would have to learn a whole new sets of skills because it's not the same kind of drug. It's not the same market. It's not the same 
it's not the same production method. It's not anything that is really the same. So they'd have to really create from scratch a whole new system. So no, they really aren't going to benefit because they don't want to do that because right. it's you're having to invest way too much capital in it to begin with. But anyway, that, that can be, we can talk more about political stuff in later <laughs> episodes because that also whew, <laughs> gets okay. me fired up. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so let's move on. <laughs> Uh, so, so as just wrapping up from the, the cancer section there, oftentimes when we involve cannabis and cancer treatment process, it isn't necessarily to treat the illness itself, but to help manage side effects, um, both of the disease and also of the medications that are being used to treat the disease. Uh, because as we all know, they can have a lot of issues. Uh, cancer patients have nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy. Uh, they also can have neuropathic pain, which also can be resistant to like over-the-counter and common medications. Uh, so there are a lot of cancer patients that will ask, can I use that instead of whatever pain meds they're being offered? Can you please sit down where you're gonna sit down? Okay, thank you. <laughs> By Luna, the way, that, that wasn't to me. Luna likes to curl up on my keyboard while I'm using the computer and like press button. Yep, see, she's got a little hand on the mouse pad. You, should, right. you, you don't have one of the ones that folded to a tablet, do you? Nope. Oh, I was gonna say that's like I've done that before with mine when I couldn't get a cat to stop doing that. I just like flip <laughs> it so that the keyboard wasn't accessible. All right, so now that we've done that, let's talk about HIV. Uh, another good segue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so HIV patients are great candidates for marijuana, uh, medical marijuana. Uh, according to marijuanadoctors.com, which I know like the name is like okay, yes, it's biased, but they cite their sources. So if they're citing their sources and I'm able to go to their sources and see their sources aren't bullshit, then that's okay with me. And I've actually had a lot of good luck on their site, but I feel really silly citing them because it just sounds like a silly name. So anyway, according <laughs> to marijuanadoctors.com <laughs> and their cited sources, as many as a third of HIV AIDS sufferers experience uncompromising pain due to their antiretroviral therapy. Other side effects include weight loss, appetite loss, vomiting, and nausea. These problems can be so harsh that some patients may abandon their treatment entirely. Um, so effectively, if your body can't handle the treatment, then it's a moot point that you're even getting the treatment at all. So, yeah. Um, according to information from the Journal of Acquired Immune Deficiency Symptoms or Syndromes, uh, you can take cannabis alongside your HIV treatment and you'll be 3.3 times likelier to be able to continue with your conventional treatment. So it has a really big effect for HIV AIDS patients and yeah, it just makes it much easier. Uh, and it really can be life affirming if you don't feel sick all the time. So we really should give that to these people. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, I think is a fairly commonly known one, uh, glaucoma. Can I ask something uh, real quick absolutely. about the HIV? Mm -hmm. Is there still like, a, like a homophobic stigma around HIV and AIDS like oh, there was sure. back in the 80s and 90s because I feel like that's just like not what I no, think No, we're, we're in an echo like... chamber that isn't <laughs> pushing that narrative I mean to be quite honest because I think it's it's important to to say that you know when you're in an echo chamber because if, when we go on our social media for example like we're not going to be alerted to news stories of that probably but yeah I do think that there are uh, not not like explicitly on like mainstream news sources, but I do think that there are groups of society who do think it's it's a gay disease, you know, like right, yeah. despite how far a lot of people have come. I do think that 
do think that that's true. Um, although a lot of people, a lot of people who who are not gay have gotten HIV, and it, it really, like, it isn't. It was just prevalent in that community at one time. So I. I recently got curious about, because as you know, we are living through a pandemic currently, right now. I do know that. And one of the last times I was home, I asked my mom, I was like, so, because she and my dad got married in 83 when they were 24. And so they were in their mid to late 20s whenever I guess the, the AIDS epidemic was happening. So she was talking about how there was a little boy that died of it. And they're like, well, this little kid can't be gay. <laughs> so, like, have gotten it well, from Well, okay, that, not I mean, actively practicing a gay lifestyle. Yes, but yeah. that, that was whenever not only did it change people's minds, but it got straight people involved being like, oh, this is something we need to care about. Um, I mean, before when it wasn't affecting us, like who gives a fuck? But <laughs> which changed my mom in a really bad light. I don't think this is what she meant, but like, no, I, no, I think she meant people in general. I would yes. say, not... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Heard Mark just be like, mm, whatever. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the glaucoma. Sorry. Okay. So anyway, glaucoma. Um, yes. So glaucoma, I think, is one that people do tend to know about. I think it's been joked about a lot, but it can be a really debilitating disease. It can make you, it can obstruct your vision. Uh, it can cause immense pain in your eye and ultimately it can make you go blind. What um, is, so it's what is okay. Glaucoma? It's in here. <laughs> okay. So I have written in my notes and it's because I only have a very like, limited understanding of this. I didn't have time to go super deeply into it, um, okay. but written in my notes I have. So in my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> like literally wrote it in there, uh, gla glaucoma causes pressure in the eye, which is referred to as interorbital pressure or IOP. This causes pain, which can be very severe and make it difficult to perform basic tasks with serious cases. Um, it also causes obstruction to vision in some people and can make you go blind. Um, so the 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 guy who's referred to as the godfather of medical marijuana is named uh, Robert Randall. Was named Robert Randall. He passed away, uh, but he. It's okay though. <laughs> it's it, it's all right. It was he he had a longer life than he would have had in a better quality of life because he made sure that he got his medicine. <laughs> so uh, in 1976, he became the sort of godfather of medical marijuana when he won a court case after successfully arguing that the medical or that the marijuana plants that he grew on the sun porch of the home he and his wife shared in Washington, D.C. Uh, were necessary to keep him from going blind. Uh, that case is a landmark victory for me medical marijuana activists because it upheld the idea that marijuana could be used for medicinal purposes to great benefit uh, and that for some people it's essential. Uh, Robert had been told that he would go blind by 30 due to the severity of his glaucoma. According to his wife, Alice M. O'Leary, he never lost his sight. Um, in 1994, he was diagnosed with AIDS and he died in 2001 at the age of 53. Robert Randall actually went on Larry King. <laughs> and uh, he so they went and he brought his, uh, so he was part of the investigational new drug program, which is something we'll talk about in a later episode. Um, but basically he got government supplied weed uh, in the form of rolled joints that were sent to, or marijuana cigarettes, 
um, as they're referred to, um, <laughs> that were sent to him and he got, uh, he got them in like pill bottles. And so he brought it to Larry oh. King and, and you can see on YouTube, there's a, and I'll put it up on our website as well. I'll put up a link, but there's a video of like Larry King reading it and saying like, okay, so this is prescribed and it says 10 marijuana cigarettes and like, you know, and then, and he's like, here, why don't you light one up? And then he does like, he just like smokes a joint on Larry King. <laughs> oh my God. It's great. It's in like the seventies too. So it's a, That's it's awesome. a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So you should, yeah. Yeah. Anyone listening to this, like if you've got a little time, there's like a two or three minute video that shows it and it's pretty cool. He's also like, he's like fairly well-spoken. He reminds me of like, like he's this mild mannered dude, kind of reminiscent of like Bernie Sanders at the time, you know, just, just like, yeah, I just, this helps me see and not go blind. And I would like to have my medication please. Like a very chill high school teacher. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, effectively, like a chill high school teacher. Uh, so, so there's that um, for glaucoma. Um, oh, and by the way, I actually do know, um, I do know someone who uses medical marijuana for cancer. Um, this person is also conservative. I think I can say that and it's not too identifying, but I just think it's a very interesting thing. So it's like an interesting viewpoint you wouldn't expect. Um, and then I also know someone who uses marijuana for glaucoma or at least has glaucoma and uses marijuana and i think it helps i'm not sure if not sure if they're using it specifically for that um so so a lot of this like i not only have this information written down but i also have uh anecdotal evidence from talking to these people about what happens when they're using this for this specific illness so it's kind of cool uh the next one is post-traumatic stress disorder and i also know someone who um, who too. uses. <laughs> yes, I also know someone who uses medical marijuana for post-traumatic stress disorder, um, which which honestly it's 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 kind of similar. I don't think that I actually have PTSD, um, but the stuff that I have is usually what ends up happening with people in PTSD. Minus like like I get nightmares, but they're not about reliving things. I don't relive traumatic events really in that same way. Um, but the anxiety, depression, and insomnia um, is are things that I do get. And those are also things that happen uh, for people suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's something that's been a little bit more prominent, I think, in marijuana news recently, just because there are so many veterans who have PTSD. And it's kind of a hot button issue because uh, a lot of veterans, they can't get marijuana for some reason, or they're encouraged not to, or it's not covered by something, uh, or whatever it is. So, so anyway, so it's interesting. Um, using marijuana to treat mental illness, I think, can be really, really effective. I think it's been very effective for me and for other people I know. Um, I would say that anyone who is using medical marijuana for men mental illness, I would, I would recommend talking to like you have to talk to a doctor and get a a diagnosis for a qualifying condition before you can get your medical marijuana card and all of that if you're in a medical state. Um, but if you're going to be using it for any kind of mental illness, make sure you're talking to uh, a psychiatrist, hopefully, um, if not a therapist or a pharmacist or someone who might have some way of breaking down what's going to be good for you. Because something that I've found is that uh, they're not all good all the types aren't right. good for mental illness and so you have to kind of watch that and i did want to put that in there for post-traumatic stress disorder because there's definitely going to be anecdotal evidence of people out there who use marijuana for ptsd and it made something worse um so there are I, different ways that you have to use it sorry go on i know somebody who has ptsd 
and has gone to therapy for it. And here you talk about it. And the only way that's one of the qualifying um, conditions in Pennsylvania. And this person was like sneaking it in their parents' house and their car smelled like weed. And I was like, if you get caught with this, you might get in trouble. So it would behoove you to go to your doctor and be like, I have a qualifying condition. May I please have some prescription ones so if I get pulled over because my car smells like weed, I'm not going to get in trouble. And they the, eventually the smell did. of weed has been used for a lot of uh, unwarranted searches. So, yeah. Just and this person is not very big physically and is one of those people that's always going to look a lot younger than they actually are which mm-hmm. means people don't take you as seriously as it is. So, like, yeah. I was just trying to look out for them and be like, please go get a prescription because I don't want to be worried about you getting yeah. pulled over for this. So, and they yeah, did. And now they're, everybody's a lot I mean, especially happier. if the cop's like, oh, I'm going to mess up this teenager's day and then it's not yeah. a teenager and then you get a harsher sentence. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, yep. yeah, definitely, I, I would say if, if you're using mental, or mental, sorry, if you're using medical marijuana, Mental marijuana. Mental marijuana is... Hey. I don't know what mental marijuana is. It's probably just, like, (laughs) some some idea that, like... I don't know. Anyway, if you're using medical marijuana for any reason, definitely talk to a doctor who is qualified. Talk to a a doctor who is qualified to dispense medical marijuana, if you can. Because they will have the best understanding of it. Um, All doctors in general, I would not say, like I would not make that generalization because there are a lot of doctors who will tell you that there is no benefit and that is not necessarily true. It might be that you are one of the people who finds no benefit, but you might be one of the people who has a great benefit from it. So just like, remember that it's okay to take stuff that doctors say with a grain of salt. You can always get a second opinion. Make sure you know what their specialties are before you really take something to heart. I don't think that a lot of doctors are out there maliciously giving wrong information, but I have in the past week watched a few TED talks where doctors openly said like, oh yeah, I told patients that they couldn't, they shouldn't try medical marijuana. And then I realized I was wrong. And I'm like, oh great. I wonder how many doctors there are out there who haven't understood that. So especially, this is especially (laughs) true for anybody who is not a average weight cisgender, heterosexual, white male. If you don't fall into all of those categories, you need to be looking out for yourself when you're talking yeah. to a doctor. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, some of those categories, you want to be looking out for yourself if you have marijuana on you at any time. Because yeah. like, as we all know, there are certain sections of the population that are more likely to get stopped and harassed and given more and tickets because of that. So straight up murder yeah 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 for for medical marijuana possession or or nothing you know we're just existing yeah just existing so anyway but what we digress that's a whole other issue and we will talk more about racism in case you didn't realize that was about racism um uh we'll talk more about racism in one of our later episodes um and specifically how it relates to cannabis but yeah so uh so you did ask a little bit before to uh, to just go over some of the lesser known ways that cannabis can be used. Um, I did mention earlier that uh, it can be used as an appetite, appetite suppressant 
but you do have to look at the chemical makeup of the strain that you're using and make sure you're using the right strain. Otherwise you could end up with the opposite. Uh, <laughs> so that's just one of those things. Um, also, uh, there's one big thing that it can be used for, which is pretty cool. Um, it can be used to treat opioid addiction. Uh, so that's um, like, that's not only, you know, street drugs and stuff, but that's also prescription painkillers that are often overprescribed and overused and abused. Um, it's been a, like the opioid epidemic has been really big in this country. It's been a lot of cause for concern. And like, as, as a woman who's not like, I mean, I'm like, I guess, smallish average size, perhaps um, I get prescribed so much more than I need if I'm ever given opioids. It's insane. So, so for all the people out there, yeah. Yeah, I probably do too and I just don't realize it because it's always happened. Like I've never thought to be like, hmm, maybe this is too much. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. How about we treat our actual crisis with something that is not a crisis that people like to put a moral stamp on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's frustrating because you could take that kind of circular logic that people use to say marijuana is bad and also like apply it to like, okay, but why are opioids that are in prescribed in pill form good? Like they're a lot more habit forming. Um, and, and I'm not saying here, like I just, just to be very, very abundantly clear, I'm not saying you can't develop a habit of smoking marijuana. I'm not saying that you can't, that some people can't get addicted to it. I do think that you can. I think that like there are people who can get, get addicted to varying types of things for varying reasons. Um, there's a lot of it to go around, but just physically, chemically, it's not, uh, it's not any more addictive than any other substance. And it's actually shown to be less addictive than alcohol. Hope's not moving. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, this is so weird. We're having such bad connections. Uh, can medical marijuana solve those? <laughs> we, yeah, can medical marijuana solve internet connectivity problems? <laughs> uh, that's a good episode title. Uh, okay, so before we end, I do want to have some a little bit of uh, fun fact time about some state laws, uh, just to see how much they vary and all of that. Um, there are, so just for your information, I'm going to another site so I won't be able to see your face. Um, <laughs> but the, okay, Compassionate Certification Centers, which is where I went to get my medical marijuana card. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in our next episode. Uh, but uh, they have a website that talks about the legal all of the legal stuff around medical marijuana, they have uh, patient services, they have, you can buy CBD products there, they have lots of resources and FAQs and all this stuff. Um, they, they're located in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I've dealt a lot with them, but some other people won't really have heard of them at all, I'm sure. Uh, but they have information on their website that's really, really, it's really good and it's usually pretty up to date because it's their job. So uh, that's one of the places that I went to. There are, I believe, 36 states or territories that have some sort of legal medical uh, medical marijuana law, although they tend to be pretty, uh, they, they tend to vary wildly from one area to another. Uh, some place, and I'll just, I'll, I'll, I choose, th I choose, okay, I choose three states. I chose three states. Uh, just to give a good understanding of 
how widely things can vary state to state and why I think that it would be better to have at least have a federal law that allows for medical marijuana because like it it basically it turns it into a crime when I go into a state that doesn't support medical marijuana like oh, it's a yeah. crime that I have my medicine um and which for me I'm like it's for anxiety and depression those are things that I can mitigate with other stuff it's not as big of a deal but for someone with like cancer or HIV it really would be yeah did anyway. we like suddenly <laughs> think of that when we were already in North Carolina when we came down to look at apartments I was like are you allowed to have your weed down here and you were like I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I think you suddenly thought about it and I had already been warned about it. <laughs> but anyway, well, okay. So North Carolina is going to be one of the states um, because I thought we'd okay. contrast, we contrast three states where I've actually had like experiences in, although like North Carolina, of course I didn't get any marijuana because you can't. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but so we're going to talk about uh, in alphabetical order, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Washington. Um, so Pennsylvania is the state that you're from, the state that I live in currently, mm -hmm. and Washington is the state that I'm from. And they, I think, really do a good job of illustrating how widely things can vary between three different states. So, mm -hmm. all right. And they have, they have really lists of all the qualifying conditions on here. So if you have any questions, CompassionateCertificationCenters.com can probably answer them because they've got a lot of information. Okay. So... North Carolina's entry is very short. Um, it says, North Carolina's laws let patients with certain conditions use CBD oil, colon. And then there's a list, but the list is just one bullet point, and it says intractable epilepsy. So basically, the only people who can use any form of medical marijuana uh, are epileptic, um, and it's only CBD, which... Aww. Yeah, it's not, it's, it, yeah, so it basically, like, so if you want anything with THC in it, which is very therapeutically helpful, uh, helpful, you can't have that. Yay! Oh, because by the way, medical marijuana is really good for epilepsy, also, if anyone doesn't oh, know. good. Uh, yeah, it's good for so many things. Uh, okay, so Pennsylvania, and this also has a list, so it'll give you a good idea of some other things uh, that are... They're really good. Oh, interesting. Um, so I guess this isn't super updated because anxiety is not on here, but that is what I have my card for. So, huh. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, honestly, if insomnia had been the issue, I would have just gotten it for that. Uh, but I assume the insomnia is partially because of anxiety. But anyway, so uh, Pennsylvania legalized medical cannabis during the spring of 2016, qualifying, uh, or, blah, 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 qualifying health conditions for medical marijuana in the state include ALS, anxiety, autism, cancer, Crohn's disease, epilepsy, glaucoma, HIV AIDS, Huntington's disease, inflammatory bowel disease, intractable seizures, seizures, intractable spasticity, multiple sclerosis, neuropathies, Parkinson's disease. Um, and I actually have seen quite a few Parkinson's sufferers in the um, clinics around here because um, they're always like sweet old ladies and old men. Uh, so, you, so you notice them. Anyway, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, sickle cell anemia, severe chronic or intractable pain. And actually, um, chronic pain is one of, I think it's the biggest use of marijuana in general because it covers so many things. Um, then the last thing is terminal illness defined as 12 months, 12 months or fewer to live. Oh, blah, blah. So I don't that was know. a mouthful. 
autism was on there. That's really interesting. And that's and, and that's a thing that I want to look into more because I'm betting that autumn is uh, autumn. <laughs> I'm betting that autumn is, you know, one of those diseases <laughs> that white girls get um, where they just start smelling like oh. pumpkin spice. Uh, anyway, <laughs> guilty. Um, autism. Uh, I think might be one of the ones, and I, I don't know, so I'll have to look into it more, but I think it's one of the ones where you tend to use more CBD um, and the THC, but THC also can be very helpful because of the entourage effect. Cause like the plant works better with all of its components. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll talk about that more in the, in the next one. So, so yeah, that's, that's all the things that are covered in Pennsylvania. And that's a lot more than North Carolina. And yes, you can get products with THC here. Um, so that's a really nice thing. It's really nice for me. <laughs> um, I think that they actually classified anxiety as one of the qualifying conditions pretty soon before I got it, like maybe a couple of months. Oh. So yeah, it, it was really nice because I was under the impression I wasn't covered. And then I had a coworker tell me like, no, you are. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, so there's that. Uh, and then now we'll go to Washington. This is one of the, um, earlier States to legalize. Well, uh, what a yeah. Yeah. So Washington is where I'm from. Um, I have had experiences in like in their actual stores, um, not just in PA's dispensaries. So it's it's interesting to compare and contrast those. And I'll do that on our next episode. Uh, but they also have a medical program. Um, that medical program basically means, and I, I looked up on there, it's doh.wa.gov. It's, it's just one of their government sites. Uh, it says, how much does it cost to become a patient? Um, and in here, they do say you are responsible to pay for all of your products, but if the patient is enrolled in the state registry and has a medical marijuana card, they are exempt from pay. <laughs> I like all this they language, that's so nice. Sorry, uh, <laughs> they are exempt from paying sales tax if the purchase is made from a medically endorsed retail store. The cost of marijuana product may vary, blah, blah, blah. But like basically you don't have to pay tax on marijuana if you have a medical card in the state of Washington, um, which I think is in several legal states. So there is kind of a good reason for, for that. Also, uh, they, the average cost for a card is between one and $10. Um, it's looks like the fee for the card is $1. And for some people they have to have another processing fee or something. I don't know. Um, but contrasting uh, with Pennsylvania, Washington is a much better state even for medical marijuana by virtue of the fact that marijuana is legal because it keeps costs down. Um, and then you can get the added bonus of not having to pay tax and all that. And the, uh, you don't have to search out a doctor who will actually like actually went to get like the certification and is willing to prescribe and all of that, which is in Pennsylvania, it's a kind of a big deal to try to find a doctor who will do that, which mm -hmm. is why I ended up going to compassionate certification centers uh, because it's the only thing they do and they're really good at it. And because there's like something like eight doctors in my town that actually do this kind of stuff and none of them are accepting patients. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I went there so, and it cost me, sorry, I just want to get through one thing because I wanted to do a little cost analysis between the two states, but my, the, the, the card itself costs $50. So, and it has to be renewed each year. 
Okay, so that's that's a fifty dollar a year, um, as opposed to one dollar a year in Washington State. Um, I assume it's one dollar a year. I don't know. Maybe they send you a new one for free. Um, that's <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised with my home state. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, they also send out voter pamphlets with a bunch of information about all of the people you're voting for for free. But whatever, you know, who gives a fuck about those progressives? Um, God, I miss it. <sighs> so, what was I talking about? <laughs> Just real quick. Um, I don't know if we've made this distinction yet so erie if pennsylvania is a rectangle erie is in the top left corner mm-hmm. and pittsburgh is in the bottom left corner and then philly is on the other side of the state and there was a politician i guess somewhere who said pennsylvania is blue dots of pittsburgh and philadelphia with alabama in between so you're <laughs> in one of the alabama areas even though it went blue in this last election but that was the first time in like true. years and years and years so you're in like technically a very conservative part of the state so yeah oh believe you me i (laughs) i know i saw the signs uh they opened up my eyes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah (laughs) yeah so it is a it is a more conservative area definitely um although we're getting we have two dispensaries and we're getting another one which is it's just kind of cool stuff because it means that it's going to drive prices down um because the new one is actually a different brand so that would be nice to have some competition because let me tell you <laughs> it is expensive <laughs> to be a medical marijuana patient in Pennsylvania. And I'm not even someone who like, like I am not what would be considered a heavy user, I think to any of the bud tenders um, at any of the places that I've gone. So anyway, but I digress. Um, the other thing I did want to say, so uh, as we were comparing costs, um, the $50 a year uh, for the Pennsylvania medical card compared with the $1 a year or just $1 flat fee, I don't know, for uh, the Washington state card. Um, those are an obvious difference. That would be really nice to not have to pay that fee. It would also be really nice not to have to either change my doctor or pay $200 a year to get my prescription push through, um, which is right. basically what I end up having to do. Like I have my PCP, but because my PCP isn't certified to prescribe it and because we are in a medical only state, she can't advise me of that because she's technically not qualified. So I have to go and there, and there, because of the restrictive laws here, there are fewer physicians who generally get qualified because it doesn't necessarily have a great return, I think, like, and there's just not a lot of reason for them to do it. Uh, It also will bring them more patients who want just that. So I'm sure like it can be frustrating sometimes when you just want to like do your job and you have a bunch of people coming to you for weed. So that's why you get these organizations that spring up that are just solely devoted to that. Um, I go in there once a year, I talk to the doctor and he's like, hey, so how's it going? How are you using it? And then we talk about that and he talks about how it's going and like, you know, and he's a big believer in learning from all of his clients. And so he'll ask questions about like the different things people do. And then he's like, okay, sounds like it's working well for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's a very like chill time, but it is necessary for a doctor to actually like have that conversation with you because like, that's how you catch and make sure like someone doesn't have schizophrenic tendencies and that kind of stuff. So like, it is important that if you're using it for a medical purpose that, that you get assessed, but it would be really nice if it was easier and it didn't cost as much because effectively it costs me $250 a year on top of the prices of the actual products that I'm getting to be able to have them. So it does make it very elitist and it limits it. And it does mean that there is a, a paywall effectively for medical marijuana because if you can't afford it, then you can't have it. So right. 
anyway, but that's, um, that is, that is kind of wrapping up this episode. I wanted to point out a lot of the things that we can do with marijuana medically. Just keep in mind, it can do a lot of good for a lot of people. And if the evidence seems sparse and there aren't a huge number of studies on it, it's because of the lack of funding and the roadblocks that are put in place to be able to do that stuff legally. Because you can't just illegally do research and then get your paper published because we have more of a code of ethics now, which is nice. Uh, (laughs) But yeah. So uh, anyway, so that kind of wraps that up. And in our next episode, we'll talk more specifically about how the plant works in the human body as medicine, um, which we'll get into a little bit more sciencey stuff. It's not something that I'm hugely versed on, but I do have uh, I do have the certification that you need to be a bud tender. Um, so I have like a little bit of knowledge on it, but I don't have like the practice of working with that stuff every day, uh, but I am trying. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so we'll get into more of that science and then some other stuff later on down the line. I hope do you have anything to say before we end here no but uh i guess generally if you keep trying weed and it doesn't work don't keep trying it (laughs) there you go go. just let it go it's not for everybody it's not for me i've tried it before for everybody and it's not a good experience i don't like it and uh i don't like subjecting people to have to take care of me after i take it so and, uh, oh, and and just because I am pro medical marijuana and pro recreational marijuana, I just kind of pro in general. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean that I think it's ever okay to pressure someone into using it. Uh, it is a psychoactive drug. Like it, mm-hmm. it is something that does affect your state of mind. And anytime that someone is going to be taking something that affects their state of mind, they should be doing so willingly. Um, Last so just. Time- Put that the last time I tried weed, <laughs> I felt like I was high for three days. And apparently it wasn't even that much. So just there's just some people. Trixie no. feels the same way. She's like, I can't, I can't do drugs. I just I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. And, and see that, okay. Th- see, this is why anecdotal evidence of like bad trips, like I like it when people are just like, it's just not for me, as opposed to like, I did this and then like the the world ended or you know like whatever people you know want to say oh my house was on fire suddenly like you know all of these these things people want to use the anecdotal evidence of it didn't work for me as it shouldn't work for anyone so i'm glad that you're one of the people who's like hey man like it doesn't all work for everyone and that's fine listen okay i'm just gonna i took stuff last summer because I was like, I, I haven't tried this in a few years. Maybe I'll come back and try it. Because that's a thing I do as an adult. I try a blueberry. Yeah, I try a blueberry every year to make sure I still don't like it. And I was like, maybe I should try weed again. All of a sudden, we were watching Eliza, of course. And I'm watching it and I'm like, why is this going so slow? What's happening? And then I guess I freaked out. But you couldn't help me because you were also stoned. It was also <laughs> really funny. And, and honestly... And honestly, what I will say is, like, you seemed at first like you were joking. And so I was trying to figure out if you were joking because I also was, like, a little slow on the uptake. And I was like, is she, like, pretending to be super high? Because this seems, this doesn't seem real. And then I was like, no, I think I'm just high and she is really high. I was like, I was like, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. Like, yeah, you got like, I, I thought you like had something like 
really upsetting or exciting or something that you needed to tell me right then. And I was like, what is it? And you're just like, it's just, should you deposit? Yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't push you to try marijuana. I, would, I wouldn't push anyone, but I definitely wouldn't tell you that, that you should. I, Nick Swartzen talks about being violently too high, and I got there very quickly. <laughs> and I like, I chased to Griffin. I was like, you need to come get me right now. I'm not okay. He came over, and I don't think he had ever seen me like that before, but he said on the way home, I was like, you know, I feel like a bowling ball, you know, like my head is in the bag, like the bowling ball bag, but it's also the eye of Sauron. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you know when that happens. And yeah. I was like, I said something like gravity works on the second floor. Yeah, and <laughs> you were like, did you know that gravity works on the second floor too? Because I had a second floor apartment and I was like, yes, I was aware of that. <laughs> I just became like the worst combination of a person, which is scared and stupid. Like I just wasn't... <laughs> It was really. I was trying to make you lie down, and you were not having it. Oh my god! Griffin tried to put me to bed, and he had to like come sit with me because every time I would lie down, I would start crying, like big crying. I'd be like, <laughs> "Well, now I know I was in a safe place with people that I felt safe with. It's fine." But I know and, now. And to be honest, not for everybody. Like, to, to be honest, like chemically, like it could be that I gave you something high in terpenaline, which would have like that has a bad reaction with anxiety, but I also have anxiety. And usually if I have something with that in it, I'll get like cold and shivery and I wasn't. So I kind of think maybe that it just doesn't work because it, I'm yeah, wondering if it was having a time. <laughs> Cause you, your mental health cocktail is more depression, anxiety prone. And mine is yeah. more anxiety, ADHD prone. So that could be why it works for yeah. you. And it gave me too yeah. much of whatever was going and, on. And it doesn't work with some people with depression too, which is important to point mm -hmm. out. Like it's not like literally it, it's like pharmaceuticals, honestly, in that it, they don't affect everyone the same way. Like that not all yeah. strains of marijuana affect people the same way. So this is yeah. just like regular medicine. I was on Lexapro at that point. I was also on Wellbutrin, I think. So like I was on Lexapro, which made me sleepy for three months and then I started taking Wellbutrin and I became a completely different person that was able to like function and do things but I know other people who have been on Wellbutrin that like lost way too much weight or were awake for three days because it's a hunger suppressant and it's like an upper basically and it works really well with me and there's other people who are like I could never take that again because I didn't sleep for like you know 72 hours <laughs> so. so that's funny because being awake for three days is what insomnia does for me <laughs> and that's one of the things I use marijuana to fix. So everybody's different, you know? Uh, I actually, oh, that's right. I wanted to look at some of the side effects of Zoloft just so I can look, because like I take, I take Zoloft um, as like, I take a pharmaceutical antidepressant and I take the medical marijuana as an antidepressant, which I, I don't consider a pharmaceutical because it's just the extracted resin or it's the plant. Um, so, so I use both of those things. And when people say like, oh, we just, we don't know about the negative side effects or like, or they say they do know, and there's lots of negative side effects. Um, let me just throw some Zoloft side effects at you so that you can understand that sometimes it's easier to uh, acclimate your body to something like marijuana than to a pharmaceutical uh, drug for mental illness. And that's why some people want to do that instead okay so and this is this isn't stuff that i have a lot but it's stuff that like people can have 
Um, so sleepiness, drowsiness, tired feeling, which that's all the same thing. I don't know why those are three. Um, <laughs> nervousness, sleep problems, uh, insomnia, dizziness, nausea, rash, headache, diarrhea, constipation, upset stomach, stomach pain, dry mouth, changes in appetite, abnormal ejaculation. I definitely don't have that. Um, impotence, decreased sex drive, difficulty having orgasm, dry mouth, and weight loss. So all of those things are... <laughs> I just came back to the screen where I can see Hope and she's just losing it. <laughs> I can't hear you talking. You're you're muted. Uh, Luna muted me. What's the what was the ejaculation one? Oh, I was just it, oh, it causes uh abnormal ejaculation it's or can cause abnormal, like I don't know what that means exactly, but it doesn't sound fun. Like just all of a sudden you're at the grocery store and it's like <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the video uh the the lonely island video jizz in my pants yep. where they just did all it? kinds of situations oh that's funny bruce willis was dead at the end of six cents <laughs> sorry uh so uh, maybe i'll put that on the web page too so people can know what we're talking about it's a little bit old uh anyway <laughs> Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so Zoloft has all of those like documented side effects that are common enough that they like come up just when you Google Zoloft side effects. Um, these things like there's, it's stuff that can happen for me. My side effects only really happened when I first started the drug. And if I take it on an empty stomach, um, but to, to pretend that like we know more about pharmaceuticals and the way they're going to act in your body than we do about marijuana like that's just kind of not true honestly right. because they, they don't affect everyone the same way and there are so many possible side effects so yeah it's really really important to know the side effects because whenever I got prescribed Wellbutrin I was like okay like am I going to gain weight am I going to have a decreased libido or whatever and they're like actually no you're going to have the opposite effect with this one you're going to have to like figure out how to get yourself tired because you're going to be very awake now and this might actually make you lose weight because that's another thing people use this pill for. And then you're actually probably going to want to have a lot more sex. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. okay. I, I mean, None I of mean, sure. Bad. They're like, you if might that's, get some if headaches. that's what you're offering, why not? <laughs> they said, your side effect might be like some headaches. And I was like, okay. You know what's a cure for headaches, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We say, should wrap this say up. Say hi, Horatio. Say hi. Oh, I have my little one here too. She's on the oh. keyboard. Horatio's on my lap. She's doing. She's... She does the sleepy teenager thing where she looks up at me. And she's like, just blinking her eyes until she she only falls asleep on my hand. It's very cute. All right. Well, uh, before we cuddle our kit, my kitty's being very, one of my kitties is being very cute. Um, so before we just talk about our kitties, uh, let's go through some of our little end, end of podcast stuff. If you are interested in getting in touch with us, uh, you can totally do so. I encourage you to do so. Uh, you can email us at vkoepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, send us a message uh, at vkoe underscore podcast you can find us on twitter at un vague underscore of it's really weird and i don't i'm not very good at the twitter guys i'm sorry um <laughs> so there's that there's also our patreon uh which is www.patreon.com backslash a vague knowledge of everything and uh that is where you can go and 
uh, donate to us. There are levels. There's a level as low as $3, and you can help us create the content that we're trying to create here and help us uh, with our costs for research and various stuff like that. And yeah, and you can even go check it out and not decide to be a Patreon. Like, just go check it out. Just go take a look. Seriously, come on. Uh, also, um, just to update people, we will be having a guest on again soon. Um, in the next couple of weeks, uh, our friend Brendan, another sea captain, is going to come talk to us. Uh, and I believe we are going to be talking about sort of the state of masculinity and things that are Brendan related to that. the one where... Uh, we couldn't stop talking Ryan, about him. We had a whole... <laughs> love session where we were just like and then this is why i love brendan but this is why i love brendan there are some some things i wanted to shout out to in terms of just you know like good stuff uh i do want to shout out to compassionate uh care centers because like yeah i know they're set up to make money off of getting people weed certifications but it works really well so hey man it's great <laughs> the doctor that i see once a year for that is fantastic uh i'd also like to give a shout out to the uh, all of the people who work at the medical marijuana locations in Erie, Pennsylvania, because chances are, I mean, there's not very many of you, so you've probably served me at one time, and uh, you're all great and fantastic, and I love you. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, I would also like to, there's a TED Talk video that I think everyone should watch that I'm going to put up on our website, uh, which is... It's a very moving talk that a dad gave about his uh, his two daughters, and right now I'm completely blanking on their names, but it is about, um, basically it, it kind of makes the argument for uh, medical marijuana use in children with, of course, a lot of supervision, and it's not a high yeah. THC thing. It's, um, anyway, so so what these, what these girls have is it's a, the way that he described it is, and says the way it's described in the medical community is it's a childhood Alzheimer's, effectively um and so he talks about their treatment for that and about how he and his wife kind of devoted themselves to uh finding finding out more uh about how to treat this disease and how to use medical marijuana and all of that so it's really um it's a really good watch it's really like it'll make you cry so i'll put that up on the website and everybody go have a good cry but uh. yeah all right so i think this has been long enough because it's already been too long but partially that's because we got kicked off so um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm Rosie and facts matter. I'm hope. And now that you know better, be better. <laughs>